Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Stat Monday Football Podcast. This is episode 9. On tomorrow's show, we're going to do another QA um, and I'll be joined by full time Devil Zone Stephen Housen. So if you've got any questions, tweet me at Statman Dave. Make sure you follow me on Twitter as well. But anyway, today we're going to talk a little bit of news, then move on to Manchester United versus Saint Etienne in the Europa League, then talk a little bit about the uh, League Cup final, and then finally finish off with a bit of Champions League action games, you know, including Porto versus Juventus and of course Sevilla versus Leicester City then finish up with a little bit of a stats roundup of the last the first game of the last 16 but anyway it's time for the news so in the news today big news coming out of the Arsenal camp the Guardian reporting that if Arsene Wenger leaves Hector Bellerin would be open to a move back to Barcelona to join the Catalan Giants Barcelona have struggled uh, with a with a right fullback since Dani Alves left the club with Sergio Roberto playing well in, in stages and Alex Vidal not really stepping up since his move to Sevilla so looking for a you know an ex-Barcelona graduate could be the right move for Luis Enrique's sides whether Enrique will be there in the summer I do not know obviously with with managers like Sam Pauli linked to the club that could be a big statement for Barcelona going for the Argentinian in terms of their philosophy style and beautiful football but anyway Bellerin to Barcelona for me works they, they are looking for a right back he could be the perfect guy there gets well very you know gets forward very well is really 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 ridiculously quick one thing that he could learn uh, that could he still needs to develop potentially is 1v1 defending but if he's playing for Barcelona he'll have the ball at his feet in an attacking sense more than a defensive sense so it could both suit Bellerin and Barcelona but potentially couldn't you know wouldn't suit Arsenal who have spent a lot of time and money investing in Bellerin so I hope the Bellerin stays for a few more seasons and repays a bit of that um, faith back into Arsenal Football Club given that potentially they've got a new manager at the end of the season that could be quite interesting for Bellerin Anyway, moving on, Ronaldo made his 700th appearance for Real Madrid against Valencia in La Liga. Unfortunately, they lost the game two goals to one. Uh, Zaza scored an absolute cracker for Los Chi. Uh, but th- that result takes them, uh, well, they're still one point clear of Barcelona in La Liga with a game in hand. So it's getting quite hot at the top of the league. And now the big game of the weekend, Atletico Madrid versus 
Barcelona. That is going to be an absolute classic. Anyway, moving on to other news stories. Um, Harry Redknapp has come out in the press today and said Arsenal could do with someone like Wayne Rooney uh, to add a bit of leadership into the side, which could be quite interesting with Rooney heavily, heavily, heavily linked with a move to China. Maybe Arsenal will dive in there last minute and offer him a deal. And finally, Antoine Griezmann to Manchester United, according to Emmanuel Petit, is definitely going to join the club. Great news for United fans. Anyway... Let's talk football. It's time for the Europa League, the greatest tournament in the world. Of course, I was only joking. The Europa League is definitely below the good old Champo League, but it's, it's been pretty decent this year for Manchester United. United went to Saint-Étienne on Wednesday night um, with a three-goal lead uh, following uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic hat-trick at Old Trafford. Knowing that a goal would pretty much kill the tie-off, um, given that the, the away goal, Saint-Étienne didn't score one, so it would mean that Saint-Étienne would have to score five at home. United took the lead through a Henrik Mkhitaryan uh, toe poke following a brilliant move and, and build-up from Juan Mata. But the game wasn't the greatest game I've ever watched, I'm going to be honest. It was very uh, Jose Mourinho and very tactical and defensive. It sort of goes back to the, the, the sort of group stages where United went away against Feyenoord um, and set up in a very similar way where they played a three-man midfield but the midfield completely sat off Feyenoord um, and let the, the Belgium side dictate the play. It wasn't the greatest decision by Mourinho to um, you know, apply that to that game because we saw later on when you, you pressurise Feyenoord, when you press them high up the pitch, they cracked. Uh, United obviously beating them back at Old Trafford but it was a good approach for the knockout stage and I thought it was absolutely fantastic for Mourinho how he set up the side obviously not the most exciting style but it got the job done sitting up with a, the 4-5-1 probably United's best team on paper considering Ander Herrera and was out with a suspension Henrik Mkhitaryan, Mata and Zlatan a very fluid front three in terms of the goal it was a brilliant move Juan Mata um, you know, picking up two one-twos in the centre of the park moving out wide Daly Blin with the overlap and then he whipped the ball to the near post but it was quite interesting how Zlatan had dropped off Mkhitaryan had become the number nine and a fantastic number nine finish in the last five games for Manchester United Mkhitaryan has been in banging form um, sorry, in the last six games for Manchester United, Mkhitaryan has been in banging form, uh, being directly involved in five goals. That's three goals and two assists. The Armenian has been in top form. Bad news, though, he picked up an injury against Saint-Étienne, going off uh, with what looked like a hamstring injury in the first half, which potentially could be quite costly for the uh, Euro the League Cup final, considering how good he's been in recent weeks and how good he's been at playmaking in that final third, whether it is at a number 10 or playing from the left or the right wing. But in terms of one matter, as a player that's so that's progressed massively under uh, Mourinho for me in terms of his fluidity and tack it's so difficult to pick up it's something I've spoke about time and time again but he does love drifting onto that left hand side from the right wing and he did it against Saint-Étienne and caused them so much problem not just the goal but there were other moments where he drifted out there was looking for through ball opportunities or looking to play his teammates into crossing areas and I, I just think Juan Mata's really progressed under Mourinho you know first time uh, didn't quite suit Mourinho in terms of his work Mourinho did force him out to that right wing and it just didn't quite work with Juan Mata this time Mata is more you know, evolved as a, as a player as a footballer I'm giving United playing a 4-3-3 suits Juan Mata a little bit more in terms of you know, he does have a, a central midfielder that can protect his flank um, if the you know, transition occurs and United go from attack to defence but Juan Mata been brilliant this season grabbing another key key assist in the game but man of the match for me of course was Daly Blind I thought he had a brilliant game in a defensive sense his stats were brilliant uh, in terms of he won the most tackles for any United player. He made the most interceptions on the pitch, grabbed himself four clearances, um, won 100% of his tackles and 100% of his aerial duels and also managed to create two chances. Uh, of course, uh, provided that sort of width 
for for the goal, you know, drawing the defender away, opening up the space for one matter to cross. But I feel like he's really taken his, his chance um, under Mourinho in terms of at that left-back slot. We've seen Damian play there. We've seen Luke Shaw there that you know, potentially will come in. But what uh, Daily Blind is giving United at, at sort of left fullback is another centre-back. It gives them that you know, uh, sort of defensive um, strength going the other way and was really good up against his man, kept on winning his tackles, kept on uh, bullying his opponent and, and just gave United a bit on the... Uh, you know the attack going forward. What we've seen from Luke Shaw, very very good defensively against Wigan, but going forward was quite poor. So maybe Mourinho sort of analysed that and seeing that Daly Bend right now is the best left back for Manchester United, and uh, you know I, I can't really disagree with them. I think the, the Dutchman has really improved again this season, and that's something that you you know I love to see from players. Signed for United, had some problems with his game, and he sort of worked on them, worked on them. You know, being uh, coming up against the, uh, attackers one v one. You know, now he picks his time, he gives them a little bit of space if they're quicker than him, then he picks his moment to make that attack. And again, he showed that great uh, decision-making skills against Saint-Étienne, but also um, the awareness not to get turned and not to, uh, you know, not to be caught under the ball when it was over his head, because that was another one of one of his big weaknesses. But David Bind at the moment for me is Man United's number one left back, a hundred percent, and I quite like him in there. Also, the ball playing. Um, option that gives United his forward passing passes always cut the lines of the opposition so yeah Daly Blin has been fantastic in recent weeks moving on to other players um, of course uh, the sort of Eric Bay sending off uh, 885 seconds between his first yellow card and his second yellow card. For me, the second one was a bit harsh. You know, he, it was just a little bit late, uh, a little bit mistimed. Um, but it was, of course, the first one that really cost him a very, very silly tackle. Didn't really need to go in there. Should have stayed on his feet, used his pace, tracked his man, and used his strength to get back in there. Not just dived in. And unfortunately, a deserved red card, but not not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, picking up that first yellow anyway, it put him out the first leg of the next round of the Europa League. When the red card just means he'll miss that game anyway, but he'll still carry that yellow card. So if he picks up a yellow card in the second leg um, of the last 16 tie, he will miss the quarterfinals and so forth. I hope I've explained that well. In terms of the performances, Paul Pogba played reasonably well in midfield for me. Not his greatest performance, but he, he did everything right. A few lovely uh, bit of bits of uh, individual skill. Uh, the the key pass that he played to. Bastian Schweinsteiger, the move before that was absolutely sick in the head. Well played, Paul Pogba played some decent through balls to Zlatan, and just yeah, I, I like the games where where Paul Pogba just plays consistently well. Like he makes his, the right passes, he makes the right decisions in the tackle. Um, you know what he decides to take players on in the right moment. Just tactically, he was very very good, and it was reminiscent of his Juventus days uh, under Allegri in the latter stage of the Champions League. So I'm very very impressed by Paul Pogba's work against Saint-Étienne. But anyway, United going through to the Europa League last sixteen. Good work from Mourinho And again he's showing That this competition Means a lot to Manchester United You've got to think About that Champions League spot The Premier League Is so competitive This season The Europa League Needs to be a, a, As vitally and important And Mourinho showed that That it is as important As the League Cup final Moving on to the League Cup final Manchester United Face Southampton On Sunday I'm going to the game So if anyone's at Wembley Stop me Take a picture And I'll feature you On the podcast But I can't wait for the game I love going to Wembley It's um it's an interesting arena in terms of the atmosphere. Uh, last season, in the semi-final, went to the Everton game. Uh, the first half, the atmosphere was a little bit flat where we sat, so we moved around the ground and went back into the, you know, further into the home end. And the atmosphere was absolutely banging. The goal, um, we managed to get on, on on a GoPro, the Anthony Martial goal, and they fell over a seat. It was brilliant. I can't wait to do that. I think I'm sit, sitting next to the one and only Sam Homewood. So hopefully, I'll be able to get him, his reaction from the game and bang it on this channel. But anyway, in terms of Manchester United threats, they've got to deal with, of course, Nathan Redmond 
statement has been pacey this year has looked quite good in stages completely destroyed Liverpool earlier on I think it was in halfway through uh, January in the League Cup getting you know on the way to the final in both of the games Nathan Redmond was brilliant about you know counter-attacking attacking the space either side of the Liverpool centre-back so United need to be careful there I think that's why Daily Blind is, is potentially crucial in this system because Daily Blind is going to be less aggressive um, going forward in comparison to the Liverpool fullbacks that play quite high. Quite, you know, we want Antonio Valencia getting forward and bombing on, but we need Daily Blind to sort of pivot round and create a back three to deal with the pace of Nathan Redmond and his, uh, you know, his ability to counter attack into those channels. Obviously. Plays on the right-hand side as well, so it worked out quite nicely in a tactical sense. Other players, Gabbiadini, uh, brought over from Naples in the January transfer window, has looked very good. Teams are uh, sort of... The scout, it looks like the scouting department haven't quite got Gabbiadini down. In terms of what he is, he's a... I'd say he's a poacher uh, in terms of type of centre-forward. Quite good with the ball at his feet, you know, a little burst of little pace to get round people. Who uh, did a great little bit of skill last weekend for his goal, um, little burst of pace in the box and fired at home. So United needs to be aware, it needs to be touch tight in the penalty area, but be very aware. Not too touch tight, but tight enough to get that blocking because he's got that little bit of pace to explode and, and the skills as well. So they're the two players I'd watch out for for Southampton um, in terms of uh, their, their centre halves. Obviously, Van Dyke's out injured, so there's a lot of potential, and Font's gone to West Ham, so there's a lot of potential to attack them through the middle with Anthony Martial coming in from that left-hand side. In terms of the team that I'd like to see, if Henrik Mkhitaryan is um, fit, he has to be the number 10 for me. United should set up in a 4-2-3-1. David De Gea in goal. Valencia, Bay, Smalling, Daily Blind. Um, and then if Michael Carrick is fit, I still wouldn't play him, and I'd go with Ander Herrera, Pogba, and then a three of Juan Mata, Mkhitaryan, um, Anthony Martial, Zlatan through the middle, the Mickey Mata sort of link-up play has been so good recently and I feel they've got a real good understanding of uh, two creative talents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If, of course, uh, Mkhitaryan is injured, Michael Carrick is fit, I'd throw Michael Carrick in there. 
same front three um, and Pogba and Herrera joining him in midfield and if of course Michael Carrick is injured potentially I'd go with Maran Fellaini didn't quite work out against um, I've forgotten even who he played oh yeah Son Tetien at home in the Europa League didn't work out that midfield of Herrera uh, Fellaini and Paul Pogba is a little bit too slow in possession but Fellaini's been quite good at Wembley you think the Everton game last season uh, grabbed the first goal was just a threat aerially. Uh, you think of the final as well. Crucial assist for the the Juan Mata goal to get United back into the tie. And I think they got the knockdown for the Jess Lingard goal or was involved in that goal as well. So potentially uh, with Maron Fellaini in there could cause Southampton a little bit of trouble. And considering their centre-halves as well, that issue there with Font and uh, Van Dijk either gone or uh, injured, Fellaini could be a real threat here. So potentially if Carrick and if Mkhitaryan outfit, I'd throw the big Belgium target man slash central midfielder in there but anyway guys in the comments below getting your teams for the Manchester United versus Southampton game um, in the League Cup final but anyway it's time to move on to the biggest tournament in the world and that is the Champions League the Champions du, 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 du. so let's do it let's go to Portugal first Porto versus Juventus an interesting game a game that I kind of saw Tactically would uh, sort of evolve like that with Juventus holding the ball uh, in midfield, retaining their possession um, and sort of strangling Porto into submission. What I didn't expect was the Porto red card. Uh, Telas getting sent off for two pretty silly challenges um, and costing uh, Porto the tie, the whole tie. It's gone because of his stupid decision making. Andre, Andre Silva had to come off and was replaced by um, another fullback and Porto were down to, to 10 men. Unfortunately, Juve just strangled them out of the game. But it was, it, you know, it did stick into the game quite well. Danilo, I thought, was very, very good. And Ruben Navas protected the back four quite well um, with their, their man down. But arguably didn't have anything on the counter-attack. Uh, Suarez was very, very poor up top and the ball just didn't stick with him. And Juventus just slowly got into the game and took more and more control. In terms of Allegri, though, he really made his cash against Porto. His two substitutions both scored. Juventus were quite interesting how uh, they tried to go a lot down that right-hand side. Pjanic, you know, dictating the play. A little bit too slow in terms of tempo for me. Pjanic potentially should have upped it as soon as that red card. And he kept it a little bit slow. He did, in fact, complete more passes than any players managed in the Champions League knockout stages this season. But it was a little bit too slow, a little bit too laboured. Needed to be a bit quicker, a bit more direct in that final third. But obviously, just coming into this Juventus team, playing defensive midfield, he, he will learn these sort of lessons. But in terms of that right-hand side, not very good going forward. Uh, Quadrado and Lichtsteiner were quite poor up until their substitutions. Quadrado kept on hitting over overhitting his crosses and um, they've got a tactic Juventus this season where they do look to hit Mandzukic at the back post but Quadrado's range was just completely out similar to Licksteiner both looking for that ball but both just not finding their target Mandzukic look, looked a very frustrated figure at the back post I think they only found him with one of their crosses and that was Quadrado uh, getting, uh, you know, creating a chance out of about 12, so it wasn't quite good enough. And as soon as they bought Fasia and they bought Dani Alves on first Fasia made a very big impact from the bench a very direct um Attacker compared to Quadrado. Quadrado is more of your, your wingman, more of your skillful man. Fajer is more direct into that penalty area. Took his goal very well. Obviously, Dybala with some good work. Ball breaks from great finish. Gets Juventus the lead. Uh, and then, of course, Dani Alves at the back post following some brilliant work from Alexandro. And that's the guy that I want to touch on. We've seen some big, big performances in the Champions League from fullbacks, and again, they're so crucial. Something that I, something that I tweeted during the game, uh, the, the Monaco game, fullbacks are so crucial to the modern game, and again, it's shown here. You know, when your forwards aren't, you know, when your sort of 
forwards aren't doing so well in the creative sense we're talking Quadrado and Dybala Dybala had a little bit of a frustrating game created a few good chances but overall was in and out of the game and that's the sort of performance we've seen in recent weeks so he needs to step up again he did obviously hit the post um, with a pretty decent shot but needs to just do a little bit better at number 10 uh, for me needs to contribute a little bit more uh, with goals and assists but in terms of uh, Alexandro was brilliant on that left wing uh, creating more chances than any other player on the pitch won 100% of his tackles Five dribbles, 11 crosses with a 36% cross accuracy and was a lot better. And the ball to the back post for Danny Alves just summed up his night. He got forward very well. And what I love about Alexandra as well, he's sort of ambidextrous in that final third, can cross from both feet. And the ball that actually he put in, even though he's left-footed, was with his right foot. A fantastic ball to that, um, the back post for Danny Alves to steer it home. In terms of uh, you know the ex-Porto player, obviously, with Danilo and uh, Alexandra, I always fancied Alexandra. I was always, always thought he was the better fullback over Danilo. We've seen Danilo drop out of the Real Madrid first Stephen arguably is going to be sold and moved on in the summer and Alexandra has really stepped up this season grabbed the first team slot from Patrice Everett and was really good against Porto in an attacking sense but going back fullback so crucial in that final third obviously with uh, the, the rise of inside forwards the rise of forwards that are looking to get into that centre zone and combine with your attacking midfielders and with your strikers uh, the width does come from the fullbacks and we've seen with Monaco's fullbacks Sadibi, Mendy, Sandro we've seen some really top uh, fullback performances so far in the Champions League. And moving on to another really good fullback uh, performance uh, for me, Escudero uh, for Sevilla. So let's talk Sevilla versus Leicester City. The game finished 2 1. A very, very, very good result for Leicester City considering the balance of play. Sevilla missed a penalty. They hit the bar, they hit the post. They absolutely battered Leicester City. But Leicester City hung in there. Kasper Schmeichel with a humongous performance. An absolute fantastic performance. Obviously conceded his first goal in the Champions League um, after 385 minutes. But only Ospin has made more saves than Kasper Schmeichel in the knockout stages of the Champions League this season. Made some brilliant saves um, from Jovetic, from um, Valito. And was just, you know, kept them in it. The reaction save early doors following the Christian Fuchs head at the back, which was absolutely shocking was brilliant and he really kept Leicester in this tie because you know they they would have been down four or five goals if it wasn't for Kasper Schmeichel in terms of what went well for Leicester City obviously Jamie Vardy scoring his first goal from his first shot on target in 380 minutes Vardy has been massively out of form this season in comparison to last year where he absolutely exploded uh, but took his goal very well and it's given Leicester a massive lifeline away goals are huge in the Champions League if Leicester can get that atmosphere they had last season and the tempo that they had last season from their players they could cause a big big upset in the Champions League because they were so good at pressing at the start uh, of games in, when they won the, the Premier League they were so alive so ready to go and I feel like bringing Nagasaki back in this second leg is going to be crucial because the Japanese international was good for Leicester City last season in terms of how he um, you know how he led from the front with his pressing being more of a defensive forward and Leicester City were massively disjoint they're back uh, eight players were so disjoint from the front too the press was completely broken I feel like bringing someone like Ogazaki back hopefully playing Jamie Vardy on that last man looking to hit Severe on the counter attack at home could be an option you know with Mares playing through the middle didn't quite work out uh, uh, then uh, Damari Gray came on didn't quite work out there either so it's going to be a big, big test for Leicester City, but they've got a crucial away goal. In terms of Sevilla, their movement, their interplay was so good. Now, I spoke before about how, I don't know what system they're going to play. Um, UEFA had it as a 3-5-2, but in fact, it looked like a 4-2-3-1 with um, Nzonzi and, and Samir Nazari uh, sitting in midfield behind a, a front four of Carrera, uh, Jovetic, Vitolo, and, of course, Sevilla on the right wing, who, who had a very good game. 
the left-footed Spaniard took his goal very well, you know, r- arriving late into the penalty area for a willing a very good ball from Escadaro, who had a brilliant game as well. Um, in terms of his chances that he created, he was very direct in that final third. But what I love what I love watching Vitolo again. I mentioned him before. Again, he showed his sort of like lazy dribbling style, but so effective in that final third. But of course, Jovetic as well has given this severe attack. Uh, a lot more Jovetic is a player that when he was at Fiorentina before his move to Manchester City was a fantastic talent playing on the left wing playing as a as a false nine that's the kind of role he played for Sevilla he got involved with the, with the, the play the assist for the um, the career goal it was a lovely little spin and, and caught the, the two uh, Leicester centre halves very flat footed in a way obviously Wes Morgan and Robert Hoover aren't very good on their feet and it was a lovely little bit of link up play masterminded by Stefan Jovetic in the last ga- last eight games in fact Jovetic has been directly involved in seven goals that's three goals and four assists you think of his first goal that uh, beat Real Madrid and ended their 40 game unbeaten streak and he's just been a great signing for Sevilla and a great acquisition again from the Spanish club but I ex- fully expect them so I don't actually. No, that is a lie. I don't. I think this is going to be a really tight game. I could see Leicester City uh, shaving this 2-1 and this being one of the games that goes to extra time and potentially goes to penalties. And maybe Leicester City will just get some luck this season that, they, that hasn't been on their side and they may go on to knock the big uh, Spanish giants out. It would be a massive shock. I just can see it though. With the luck that swung in that game, you fully expected Sevilla to win that with the you know the, the chances that they have by more than just two goals to one. So this could be the big up to upset in the Champions League. But anyway, that is enough about the Champions League ties. Let's finish off with some stats. So first up, the 5-3 between Manchester City and Monaco was the highest scoring first leg game ever in the Champions League knockout tie, eight massive goals. In terms of other stats, Ospina, I mentioned before, makes six saves against Bayern Munich. That was the most of any goalkeeper. In terms of uh, goals, there were four players that scored braces in the first round, first leg of the knockout stages. That was Falcao, Aguero in the same game, Di Maria, of course, against Barcelona, and Thiago against Arsenal. Falcao scored as many goals as he did that evening in Manchester as he managed at Old Trafford for Manchester United. I wish we had the good. I wish we just played to Falcao's strengths, crossing the ball into the box. I imagine, right? Falcao this season under under Mourinho would be perfect. United crossed the ball a lot. Falcao is you know he's coming alive again with that same style of play at Monaco, and it was before the same thing at Atletico Madrid. Just Louis Van Gaal, you're a muppet. Sorry, thanks for the FA Cup, but buddy. You're a muppet. In terms of other big stats, we're going to jump out there. Cristiano Ronaldo changed from his goal-scoring credentials to being the playmaker for Real Madrid, something I touched on last week, and created more chances and more big chances than any other player in the first leg Champions League ties. Still staying in the creative uh, industry, we're going to talk Fabinho, who was the only player to register two assists, and those both came against Manchester City. A fantastic cross from the wide area and also taking a quick, quick free kick over the top. Two... Mbappe, who became the second youngest player ever to score in the Champions League, only behind Karim Benzema, scoring a goal in the Champions League at 18 years old and just two months. What did I do with my life? What do you do, Dave? You're probably down the boozer at 18, not scoring goals against Manchester City in the Champions League. And finally, let's round off with Antoine Griezmann, who became Atletico Madrid's top scorer of all time in the Champions League slash European Cup, beating Luis Aragonés's record of 12 goals, and he's now on 13 goals. Antoine Griezmann, what a lad. But anyway, guys, that's been that for the Statman Day Football Podcast this week. Uh, please like on uh, YouTube, like it on Acast, tell your pals, 
write a review on iTunes um, and that is about that for today and tomorrow remember to get your questions in to at StatmanDave on Twitter if you want to ask me and Stephen Alson from Full Time Devils some big questions whatever you want about Man United European football life just send them in see you later guys softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.